0: Hey Life Canton, uh, Roger here, Director of Students and Young Adults. Excited for you to be listening today. If you're a new listener, uh, welcome. Be sure to follow and subscribe so you can get more content and things that we do like this where we're going to sit down and interview one of our staff people uh, so you can stay up to date with that. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Either way, uh, you're hearing all about our 10-year vision right now as a church, and we know and believe that God is going to do some amazing just crazy things over the next 10 years and we want you to be a part of that and one of the easiest ways to be a part of what God is doing is to give uh recurringly and generously to be a part of the activity that he is doing through this church so be sure that if you want to participate you head over to our now page on lifechurchcanton.org slash now uh, and see how to give and be a part of that but Today, we have some more extra content where we're going to sit down and interview Pastor Nathan. Uh, you probably see him a lot, but may not always get a chance to catch him in the lobby on Sunday. So this will be a cool opportunity for you to hear a little bit of his story and get to know him a little better. So uh, say hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, have you listened to any of the ones before yet?
1: I never listened to our podcast ever. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Honesty, kidding. I'm kidding. It's good. No, I do. I listen to the podcast. So I got to do that. Um, I got to listen to the last one, I believe, as we were making dinner um, from our little home pot in the uh, kitchen. So that was, nice. that was nice.
0: Awesome. So you know the drill. There, there are some questions in here that you probably know. There's going to be some icebreakers that I switch out for everyone. I have one for you that might be a bust, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> and I'll change it if I need to. But let's start off really simple. Uh, where did you grow up? Where did I um, –
1: it's a difficult question. I was (laughs) – I know. That seems like it should be an easy question. I was born in uh, an Air Force base in California Mm -hmm. and uh, many, many moons ago and then uh, traveled directly from there to Germany. So I remember Germany Mm. kind of as the first place and then we went back to California to a different place and then we went from there to Oregon to Washington to Oregon and then moved all the way over to Ohio to a suburb. Of Ohio um, and then moved from that suburb to another <laughs> suburb to another suburb. And then I graduated high school. Um, so, I, you know. All right. I, I yeah. Have, no, that is complicated. Is, <laughs> you were right. I, yeah. I, I have never lived in a house for longer than four years. Mm. And um, we, we are coming up on that here. And I'm excited because it feels like I am going to make it. We're going to make yeah. it past four years. Everything points to that, the case. And <laughs> unless the house burns down, I have to move to yeah. another house. Um, but yeah, so it, it's complicated.
0: Yeah. So that <laughs> the is, answer,
1: it's complicated.
0: I don't even know what like follow-up question to ask to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is I've it, moved 27 what? times. So I'm what? really I'm like really good at Tetris with moving <laughs> moving trucks and and that kind of thing but That's good. That's a good skill to have. It's nice to have dust on boxes in my house. I do enjoy that. That's a new feeling. <laughs> it's a newer feeling. <laughs> so what,
0: how about this? What state has felt most like home to you at this point? Oh, man, I don't know. That's hard. Um, it's not like there's one that you represent fiercely and consistently when Well, that you can. that's more about, <laughs> you know,
1: that's like yeah, I, you know, that's probably a good point. For me, the Ohio State University, which is what you were referencing, um, is one of the pieces of my life that actually feels consistent because mm-hmm. my grandparents went there, my dad went there. Yeah, in Oregon and California, I watched OSU football back when we were in the Cooper years, which we didn't win much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which up until just recently, Michigan's been experiencing as well. Good win, good win, Harbaugh. All right, well done. Um, so I, I think Ohio State has become a huge place. In my heart um, because it, it it reminds me some the thing that probably feels most like yeah. home but in the end it's it's just a school and it's just a sports team so yeah it, yeah, it I, I think I have a very different understanding of what home means home is is very much people and very much yeah um, the shared life with people yeah that's good yeah
0: uh, tell us a little about your family
1: brothers sisters yes I have an older brother Jordan. He's uh, two years, two and a half years older than me, and he has four daughters, um, and and so they, they, they're they experiencing a lot as the teenage years yes. comes along, but that's beautiful for me mm-hmm. because I have two, um, two sons and a daughter. So mm-hmm. Caleb is eight, and Theodore is five, and Eden is three, so mm-hmm. I'll have plenty of conversations <laughs> with Jordan. He'll be through all that yeah, when, when Eden gets nice. into her teenage years. So a fount of wisdom, I hope. Were and you were you nervous you were only gonna have boys? No, no, I <laughs> I wasn't. I wouldn't have mind being all boy yeah. household, but I am grateful for my daughter. She's she is the most like me. And though she seems very quiet, at work mm-hmm. or, or at work <laughs> at church? <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah. Uh, when she she seems really quiet at church, she is not. She is yeah. she has got all the vim and vinegar and yeah and the stubbornness of both of her parents combined. Um, yeah, so we've she, had
0: we've had your before, and she's walking the door, and I'm like, who, who is this child? Tra- I've not seen this child on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's very quiet, but she is not at home.
1: Um, yeah. So I have a younger sister. She's about four years younger. Her mm-hmm. name is Haley. And um, she is a absolutely amazing wedding photographer, mm-hmm. like really incredible there. And then my parents are still together and and um, he is now a retired Air Force colonel mm-hmm. who works in um, intelligence, which is what he was doing. So he is teaching tons and tons of young minds, cyber security oh, and, in Columbus. Yeah. And my, my mom does various other things yeah. as well. But yeah, awesome. they they used to be... Um, church planners for the majority of my growing up Um, so we would move a lot because of the military but then they would plant churches that's really cool I didn't know that yeah it is a very unique experience very (laughs) growing up a military dad who's in intelligence who's also a pastor yeah Um, yeah so that probably explains a lot people are like that's that's his yep. problem. That's what's wrong with Nathan. Well,
0: I was going to say I didn't know you were a pastor's kid, but that does make it sound like I am like, oh, that, that's not what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome.
1: And married, obviously. I am married. Um, Jenna, we did meet um, early, and then we I moved around, and we dated when we were living in different towns and, you know, that kind of high school sweetheart. But we didn't date all the way through, mm-hmm. you know. We, we had... Uh, our moments um she broke up with me um i didn't want anything to do with breaking up and right. um and and it was a rough time for me a rough season of my life yeah. to to kind of go through that kind of rejection but when we when we went back together, um uh, we really knew we had a strong connection knew mm. that we could that we were ready and not ready <laughs> who's ready for marriage um, <laughs> but our focus was on on serving jesus together better together and so it was was a real gift she and i had been married for 14 years her name is is jenna if i haven't said that already and she's (laughs) actually an engineer yeah um she's a she was my my sugar mama for a while there like you know the poor yeah you know ministry you know going to seminary not making a ton yeah. of money and i married a nurse so yeah i know yeah. about that yeah <laughs> she, she's worked at uh she's still working as an engineer mm-hmm. um and 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 is able to do that 30 hours so in, yeah. and able to be home more but investing in her her career as well so she's she's great. Awesome.
0: Is uh kind of engineering uh workforce different in michigan because we have you know a culture of cars and automotive and... yeah
1: it's huge up here yeah. yeah i think that when we were interviewing we looked up in the number one profession in canton is engineer yeah so she's an industrial systems engineer so mm-hmm. she works on um uh liquid flu uh, fluid drives which is how to transfer power yeah up into like some of the the ships that that sail by on the detroit river and mm-hmm. all kinds of cool stuff so she she works on repairing and making those um uh on the systems to make that happen
0: yeah i also find that uh being married to someone who's in a very scientific field keeps me humble because i'll come home and be like this is the cool theological thing i learned today i'm like i know about the body and how it works <laughs>
1: i'm like all right well yeah it's got this fu- theology stuff <laughs> yeah it's, it's a funny story um you know i was in the, in the military for Six years, and um, I was in a maintenance role. Mm-hmm. So we used uh, non-destructive inspection, meaning any kind of inspection method you could do without breaking things or yeah. like cutting them up or anything like that, to to make sure that the planes were running well. So it's interesting. One of the things we did was ultrasonic inspection on metal, mm-hmm. and my wife is now certified in that as well. So for like a small period, like a very <laughs> you know small period of time, we can yeah. talk about. In, you know ultrasonic yep. inspection on metal and yep. so there's some things that we we share but other than that our yeah. our roles are significantly different <laughs> that's awesome
0: though yeah awesome all right first uh first past no not past, first christian question first christian question what is your favorite because i almost said pastor and then this is not a pastor question because you okay. okay, all should be reading your bibles uh <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite scripture My, you know i think
1: that's unfair that's an unfair, what, unfair okay, question. Okay, what, what is
0: the scripture you've been
1: sitting with the most lately? Okay, that's better. I okay. like that question better. That's the first pushback I have gotten against that. <laughs> well, but, you know, if you, I'm surprised John didn't tell you his life verses. He's wanted to do a series called Life Verses since mm. the first time I've known him. So we make fun of him a little bit for that, but it's more of an inside joke. Oh, man. I, I think for me, top of mind, is it's got to be Ephesians 4, 11, um, no. which you've been hearing a lot of, mm-hmm. about. You know, he gave some to be apostles, and Christ gave to the church the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and and He did it to um, to help equip people and to grow the body and to to see maturity happen. And so we we are talking about it right now all yeah. over. So it's on top of mind. But major part of my doctoral work was is on that passage. So I've been studying it for yeah. five or six years. And so I, w- I would say, yeah, that would be the verse that I dwell on way too much. <laughs> yeah, what,
0: interesting, qu- what has, because I'm just getting a seminary, so I'm just starting the process of, like, dwelling on things long-term yeah. for academic purposes. What what has spending six years with one verse in the academic
1: world taught you about reading scripture? Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's way deeper than you think. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you know less than you think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the beauty of, of what the Word of God, empowered by intentionality in the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, can do to transform your heart and the hearts of the people around you. And watching this scripture as it's been interlaced into our church— changed the way that I I experienced Jared preaching or like mm. the words he actually says or yeah. um, the things that people coming out of life journey or a new course equipped come out of and what they're saying you're you're watching the word of God transform mm. the way that they think but it you know I love this idea of transformational learning um, transformational learning means that a new thought the word of God through the Holy Spirit changes the way you actually View your past experiences, Mm. and as you do the work to see your past experiences through this new lens, it transforms your future. Yeah, Um, and it's yeah, it's it's kind of overwhelming. And to think, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, I don't memorize how many verses there are, but that's you know four or five verses, and and spending six years on it. Yeah, what is it like to? Would it be like for someone to be able to spend four or five hundred years on the Word of God? Yeah don't know what that would look like yeah yeah that's
0: really cool i'm currently we talked about this a little bit. i'm going through something right now where i've realized I've, i may have been misreading a passage of scripture for like mm. three years because of my past filters so yeah the, the transformation in that and the way the holy spirit just breaks you down when you see that pattern like you yeah. kind of can't talk about transformation like that's really powerful
1: yeah
0: how long have you been a christian and when did you well that's the same when do you start following christ that's the same question how, How can't, long have you been a Christian? It can be,
1: yeah. I mean, I guess it's all about when you decide someone's a Christian or not. You mm. know, I always ask this question: When were the disciples Christians? Mm. Was it was it the moment they that that they received the Holy Spirit and the seventy-two went out and ministered and didn't even really understand who God was, <laughs> but they had the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And then, or was it when Peter said, "You're the Christ," like like yeah. you're God? Was it that moment? Yeah. Was it, you know, the moment he denied? Was <laughs> it, you know, like, when does this happen? Is it the moment that Jesus died on the cross? Yeah. Or, which most of them all thought it was over, or was it when, you know, Mary shows up at the tomb and realizes, mm. or, or is it when on the road to Emmaus? Or is it when the Holy Spirit, like, so when were they Christians? So, yeah. That's the question. And, I, and that's why I love what we're talking about with the vision about the way. So it's, it's it, the answer to me is, when were they Christians I don't know, but I know the moment that they started the way yeah. is when Jesus said, come mm. follow me. And they got up. Yeah. So the question. Is, yeah. So now, <laughs> so now that we've done that, right. when is that moment for you? <laughs> uh, you know, that's a harder question to, to, to answer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those typical, I've always known Jesus, but I, I can take you back to a time when I was in Oregon. I was, one of the first places, we were at a little four-square church, and I definitely knew Jesus, definitely prayed, mm. never had doubts in that. But there was this moment in worship where, um, you know, I'm just a kid, like a tiny little kid, and and I'm watching, and it's almost like I could see during worship, it was like I could sense or see as a kid the praise and worship of people, mm. like, rising to heaven, like in this, like, light. And just feeling that this light was also coming from me. And I think that's probably the moment where I recognize, like, I'm interacting with God. Like, I'm worshiping Him. I feel this in a huge way. I have lots of stories like that. And, And some earlier than that. Obviously, a lot of them later than that. So, for me, following it has been a huge deal. I think my freshman year in high school... Was kind of a moment where I was like, "Yeah, I want to go even farther with this, mm. and I want to sacrifice more for this, and I want to do more for this, and I, I'm kind of done with the the fitting in piece yeah. um, uh, of it." So, I, you know, there's there's just I think we're all on a journey, and I do think there is a moment where you are actually dedicating your life to Jesus. Yeah, but I don't think it's some kind of um, I, I don't think it's some kind of transactional moment. Yeah, I think it's a It's a process of following him.
0: Yeah. I think that that's challenging for me growing up, you know, Lutheran where so much about this is the point when this happens and this happens and this happens. so part of my journey has been learning, kind of look at it with a bigger perspective. And I think what you're describing is what most people go through. Like there's a point when God is a being and there's a point when God is a person Mm. that I can interact with and I can talk to. And I I think that's what you're describing. A really powerful way. That's a cool vision. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, back to less. I almost said like pastoral again. Christian <laughs> stuff. The <laughs> kind of, not really. I lied. Uh, so, what was your
1: first job, and what was your first ministry job? First job, man. I've had so many jobs. Um, uh, my first job was a paperboy back when you mm-hmm. could do that, and um, so I did through papers. Okay. For for. Years. I still once in a while have a nightmare where <laughs> I, in my mind, go, oh, oh, no. Oh, no, the papers are late. And I would get up <laughs> oh, and like no. in my, the dream, I'm running out to the street corner, yeah. which of course I'm not in my current street. I'm at the house where I was doing this and I'm picking up the papers and I can feel the grain <laughs> and the slightly um, slick texture of the ink on that paper has this really unique feel very visceral and then like the um bands that they would yeah the plastic bands which a little hack you know the ones where they kind of like fuse them together if yeah. you turn it over and then pull on the back part snaps right off anyways so that's like very visceral like Life i can feel it from past right <laughs> so that was my first job but i i worked at dairy queen i've laid yeah i've laid pipe i've i mean i've done i've done a lot of jobs yeah um First ministry job. Yes. Um, you know, we, 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 moved to Worcester, Ohio. Um, it's spelled Wooster, Ohio, but it's pronounced Worcester and people, um, try the way I help people remember that is in Worcester, the cows don't go moo. They go muh. And then, and, and then, you know, the double O. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's was good too. Well, it's <laughs> cheesy. It's a, it's your dad joke for the day. Um, but, you know, we went up there, and I was new at that point that I wanted to go to seminary. I had been involved in churches and for a while there on a volunteer role. But we moved up there to go to a, a Frito-Lay plant for Jenna. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember talking to the, my men's group before leaving and just saying, just praying that Jenna finds the right job, praying that Jenna finds the right job. And this man named Steve DeZuro goes, I'm not praying for that for you. And I'm like... What he's like? <laughs> yeah. I'm like it was really like I was like, what do you mean? Pray that like that's what I want. And he goes, no, I'm praying that God takes both of you to the place that He wants you. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. So like, so we show up, and um, this is a, a place out in the middle of nowhere. So my job is in, or is in, or my degrees in strategic communications with a business minor. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot to do with corporations or, or PR firms and that kind of thing. And so I knew like, hey, I got to get a job because we have this thing called student debt. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I'm going to go into more debt and I'm going to go into a field that isn't necessarily known for mm-hmm. lavish money. Um, so so I, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to this town. I know no one in the entire town. We moved up in the middle of a snowstorm and, and I don't have a job. I don't know anyone. She's working constantly all the time. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, within six weeks of being there, I had a full ride scholarship to a local seminary and I was working full-time at a job. Um, basically, there was a full-time intern who bailed out at the last moment. Yeah, I had gone to that you know, ministry uh, once or twice, like two weeks in a row. Mm. Guy found out who I was, and he's like, hey, can I take you out? Yeah. And he goes, so what do, you, what do you want to do with life? I'm like, well, I want to go to seminary and be in church and do all this stuff. And he's like... Well, funny. Do you want to do that now? (laughs) How about immediately? How about now? (laughs) And, you know, it was was a beautiful job. Um, You know, this will go out. You'll hear a little bit of Jared's story on Sunday. But, you know, that first job, you learn a lot about organization. Um, But I was in a young adult ministry. It was a very large young adult ministry. And I was tasked with taking um, and making it happen. But Mm -hmm. that year, they decided in the summer to take it to... 12 separate different locations where we would have an entirely full um, band and audio equipment and everything that I I had to take like a a 20 foot trailer um, that we would have an entire worship set that we would have all of the games like cornhole and Mm -hmm. everything you can possibly imagine that we would have a special event of some sort and that we would have to feed all of them so the grill the food and all that so I learned about spreadsheets and packing lists extremely quickly yeah and so I spent um, it was supposed to be three months um, I, they kept me on for nine months, um, and we're going to keep me on because, uh, we just saw a lot of fruit and learned a lot. Um, but then I, I moved on to a new role, just theologically the church wasn't, wasn't in line, Yeah. but it was a wonderful experience. That's so, awesome. Really long answer. Sorry.
0: No, that's fine. Yep. That's what we're supposed to learn about you. So long answers are helpful. Yeah. Um, so we'll ask, we'll ask this question. I'm going to ask you to push past the parent response. What do you do in your free time? And don't say I don't have any because I have kids. Because we talk about <laughs> things that we like we both like, so
1: I know you do stuff. <laughs> yeah, free time. Um, you know, <laughs> You're going you know I going real
0: midwestern there for yeah. <laughs> you know, you know.
1: Um, I, th- I think for me, I've had to try to find how to marry things that I love mm. to do. Um, with, with things that need to get done. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was in, I still do CrossFit on my own, but I was doing CrossFit and doing that in a local community. And I really enjoyed that. And, and COVID kind of took that away. Yeah. Um, and then not being able to time got even harder. So I, I do CrossFit by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I do enjoy that. I do, I have a little gym in my garage. Um, a yeah. Tiny canton garage like we we live in motor city (laughs) we have the smallest garages tell me what's up with that like i I don't i don't like hey let's make a tiny garage and we're gonna have like be in the place where we make big cars like this just never made sense to me i mean i've always seen growing up seeing families with lots
0: of cars those were the big houses with big lots that there were seven cars on. So Well, I know.
1: I'm just saying, like, if you have a garage, actually, it's supposed to be a two-car g- garage, like, actually make it a normal size as opposed to smaller. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a great. Um, <laughs> I like to read books and not, like, um, I like to read, like, science fiction and fantasy yeah. books. Um, I do read a lot. Uh, I do that. I, I do like to play a little bit of video games, but I really don't have much time. Yep. And then um, I'll watch a lot of Star Wars when I can, and, and yep. I love it. I do, my only sport is really OSU football in the fall. I just don't, I've tried so hard to get into other sports. Yeah. Because it's fun and yeah. it's relaxing and I just can't. So that's pretty much all I do. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a lot. That's more, yeah. John like had to think about it real hard. And yeah. I was like, I know you
1: have a hobby. Yeah, still. whatever. John, John, <laughs> John repairs his house constantly. Yeah. We have a deal. Like he's, he did he's, say that. He's, he's... going to repair his whole house. And when he gets bored, I'm just going to buy the house from him. And he can he, he can get a, a new house, house and start over yeah. completely, and then I don't have to do any of the because he's really, I mean he's very good at yeah. it. Yeah, like he doesn't toot his own horn on it, but he's he's yeah. very very good That's at what he, he does. Work. Yeah,
0: and I respect that. But I was like, as a as a hobby though, did you understand the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a hobby, man. You but for it. him, it is. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, all right, so I got I got my two icebreakers here. Now that we've gotten halfway through, the quarters of the, <laughs> okay. of the interview. Sure. Uh, what
1: fictional world or place would you like to visit? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> fictional world or place? I mean, the the obvious answer is is definitely like Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's just would be fun to experience. Um, but there's no guarantee I would have the force, right? Yeah. So like, it could be that I have no powers whatsoever, and yeah. and just so be a I don't know. Person. I, 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 <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think Harry Potter would be fun, um, but same thing. I could be just a straight muggle, and, and, and then, then yeah. this is boring. Like this is. I just know things cool are happening, but I'm just basically yeah. living my entire life. And you also but now knowing I'm missing out yes. on even cooler things.
0: And you also, like, the world of Harry Potter is through the lens of school. You don't get a ton yeah. about what it's like to experience that world as an adult that's true so i have, I have questions about that's true.
1: is I, that great or does that suck too well I, you know saying that I'm, I'm still in school right now <laughs> and so i was i was thinking about i counted the other day if you know when at 12th grade you stop counting 12 yep. 13 14 yeah, yeah like we don't do that it you're not really make supposed to no and there's a reason for that yeah because i'm in like 25th grade oh right now. boy <laughs> you're like Like twenty fifth grade, like that just it does right. We don't. That's hard. We need to stop counting. (laughs) It's like with children, you don't go like oh they're eight, they're thirty eight months old. Like you don't say that, right? But I feel like some people do. I know. Like I've heard eighteen months. what do you? Eighteen months is fine. No, but eighteen months. Okay. The development between one and a half and two is is significant. I'll give them that. But if you're like oh yeah they're seventy six months and be like I can't even do that math in my head. Doesn't help. Yeah. I'm going to go by inches, I guess. 76 inches tall, I guess. So, but then you,
0: that's, you're thats really you creating tall. complexes yeah, at right. that moment. Right. That's true. That's true. All right, your other one, which may be a bust, but what is your best scar story? Oh, I have a good one. For okay, you <laughs> I was hoping. I, was like, I feel like this is a good question for Nathan, but I don't know. Uh, so um,
1: the first time that I dated uh, my, my wife, um, we were, uh, she she's a vegetarian, so you may not know that. And so we're. we're I do. I know you, that you know that. <laughs> so it's. I'm in junior year. We're. It's right before. Um, we're going to group or to to youth group or something like that, and we're at a subway. Mm-hmm. And I have finished my sandwich because I was hungry, and she had a salad. And I went to reach over to grab something off of her plate. I can't remember if it was cookie or salad yeah. or whatever. But she takes her fork. Oh and- no! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know how this is going. She uh she stabbed me in the back of the hand with a plastic a cheap plastic fork. Oh, and, boy. and I, look, look. Yep, that's that, yeah, there that's is legitimate. a there's a legitimate scar on the back of my hand. It's about an inch and a half long. How which, often do you bring this up? Only, only when people on podcasts ask me okay, that's you know, what my favorite scar story is. No, I mean what,
0: like to her. Is this a is this uh, a a tool in your marriage, or a tool time, in my marriage. The time that you no, stabbed me. No, and it's like well,
1: <laughs> well, it you know the scar makes it look like it, it, I would ne- have needed stitches. Yeah, yeah. But it was just so superficial; That's it shouldn't have even scarred. Um, and then I'll, I'll tell another one. Um, this one is on the same hand. I, I have bad luck with the left side of my body. Okay. Really bad luck. <laughs> um, so I was in. It was the year of September 11th, and we were. Um, I was in a band, I was in a drum line, um, the only cool part of the band. And uh we were in a marching band and um it was our I forget it's the sophomore year of high school, can't remember. But um September eleventh had just happened and we were slated to march in the May, the Thanksgiving Day parade. Mm-hmm. And um we went anyways and it was just an amazing experience and um got to be there. But we, we landed, got into our hotel room And I, I was hungry, so my mom sent me some tuna cans. Oh no! And I opened one of those cans of tuna, (laughs) yeah. And and I, and I sliced right through the tip of my finger, all the way to the bone, and um, and I'm in, I'm in, you know, I'm in New York. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the 300 some students there, (laughs) and I'm thinking as I'm watching it just profusely bleed everywhere yeah. into my canned tuna. I, I, I <laughs> which I didn't eat, obviously. Okay. I thought it but I was like, I'm not gonna pass that. That's yeah, gross. No, no. And I'm thinking, if I show this to a parent, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm gonna go to the hospital. Yeah. And I'm not gonna get to do any of this. And I had thrown a lot of papers to pay for that that event. So I held it together as best I could and then I tied my fingertip together and didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And then I found some band-aids real real low key and just wrapped it up. Yeah. But like if you know anything I was pa- I was a bass drummer so my hands they actually sit right on the rim of the drum yep. and rotate there. So you often hit your finger. So mm-hmm. I just had blood everywhere all the time but um, so I never got the the top yeah. the top healed in the in the center is still not not right because I never got yeah. stitches. The moral of the story to all the students listening. <laughs> is get stitches okay yes. get just get it taken care of it's gonna be there okay we, I, yeah I that's do, the i will say
0: nothing about that story <laughs> surprise <laughs> <laughs> but i, I <laughs> had a great experience and my that's finger awesome. didn't get infected so. i had a, a similar experience when i was younger in that like i went on a trip and had an accident happen uh, but i stepped on a board with a nail in it and it was stuck mm-hmm. to the bottom of my foot so yeah. i didn't have an option to like yeah hey look, Fake nothing it. happened <laughs> your shoe
1: yeah <laughs> there's a lot of strawberries i swear yes absolutely <laughs>
0: um okay and this one may take you a minute and i've been purposely not giving this one to y'all ahead of time but uh what is the best piece of advice you received and for you uh, we're not going to do married or single let's do best advice as a student so best advice you've received in general and the best advice you've ever received as, as a student oh my goodness
1: that's hard yeah i um, no. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll I'll do the student one first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a significant amount of education. <laughs> That's why I asked. Uh, in twenty <laughs> fifth grader over here. Yeah, twenty fifth grader. I'm I'm. I, yeah, I failed a lot. No, i No, it was, one of the things that was beautiful about my seminary experience, which was just transformational. So yeah. many things. But one of the things they did is they had a class, mm-hmm. and the first book they make you read. Is a six hundred page book called "How to Read a Book." Yeah, I know it's ironic, right? But that's kind of the point. Yeah, and it teaches you the basic premise is if you really want to know a book, you got to read it seven times, and then it teaches you how to read through it. Mm-hmm. And it says that most times when you read through a book, you only get to like the third stage. And there's and it teaches you how to skim, how to bring through back, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. all these trips, tricks and tips so that you can get through books quickly and find what you need. Mm. And that was the one of some of the best advice I guess you could say is to is to learn at what level to read a book. Yeah. For instance, I just finished a book um one of very few books I've read 7 times and and it took me 8 months because it was so dense and so beautiful and so yeah. good theologically. But then there are other things that you you learn to read through. And it, and it and it became so necessary because I was every 10 weeks I was um, getting assigned to read, you know, 26 books. Hmm. So you do some math on that, and it's not like these are happy, fun time books. These are dense things. So learning how to disseminate uh, information, or, or or to break down a book into information that matters, is is some really good advice. So yeah, yeah. Uh, best advice in life uh, at all. I mean, that's yeah. that's huge. Wide, um, wide open. <laughs> best advice in life that one that one's gonna be tough for me because i think it's hard to really narrow it down like it best, best like what's when when i said that what came to mind nothing <laughs> <laughs> blank, no, like, yeah i i i'm pretty blank at the moment i'm trying to think of different relationships right now or different people um Man, yeah, that's, I, I think it's a stumper for me.
0: All right. We'll leave it. I think the other one was really good. If you think of something before we finish, okay, we can bring it up. But I'll the keep... other one was good. So we'll uh, what? Maybe right. let you off the hook. It's
1: all about performing at this point, right?
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what these are. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's awful. Uh, so last thing we'll end with, and this is the one I've been talking to everyone about. We're in this, uh, and now we can talk about this, like... Before, we weren't even able to talk about the 10-year vision, just that things are coming. But now we have this 10-year vision. Yeah. And we're talking about reclaiming uh, your identity in Jesus and bearing the, the torch of Jesus into the community. Yeah. Uh, and we have these things, and, and we've been working on them as a team. And you've been working them on the team with the and with the leadership team for a while. Yeah. So you, you've seen this coming for potentially longer than anybody else. Yeah. So with all of this foresight, what are you excited about? For what when it comes to what God is going to do in the future of this church and this community
1: yeah um, you know one of the things that is unique about the vision as we're doing it is that it is about the individual mm. you know um, it's more about the community than ever before ironically yeah. but the vision is not necessarily what the organization is going to accomplish mm. but what the people are going to accomplish which yeah. is the church that's the real meaning of the church is those who are following the way so I, I am most looking forward to what the innovation of torch bearing is going to look like yeah. and going to produce uh, I think it is different than what a western American church mm-hmm. has been doing for centuries um, and decades yeah. it's, it, you, know, you hear about missional movements um, that's much more in line with what we're doing so I, I have seen how God is is crafting the kind of place that can equip people, um, not only in the knowledge of who they are and what God has called them to do and to be, but in the knowledge of God, the, yeah. the knowing of Him, the the Yada, the 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 intimate knowing of our Father, mm. and that becoming the place where we're transformed. So like. It's beautiful, this idea that you have an identity in God that most of us have never truly yeah. experienced. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've, you get glimpses, just these muddy, muddy glimpses yeah. of, of the beauty and the power and the joy and the strength and the wonder that is you. Yeah. And now that you know Jesus, something powerful has happened. I mean, I think we really did ourselves a disservice by saying, hey, you're saved. Now you get to go to heaven. You're like no, no. Heaven's the byproduct. Yeah, it's so important. Yes, of course you get to God. What the byproduct of what? It's the byproduct of knowing God. Yeah. See, the hell is internal separation from God because there's a gap. Yeah. With Jesus, that gap's gone. So we think, okay, now we're not gonna go to hell. Yeah. Oh no, no. Yes, but or if you're Jared and (laughs) (laughs) and. We actually get to experience our true identity. Hmm. So I think it's powerful to say to someone, we want you to reclaim your identity in Jesus. Like, you actively have a role in this. You actively get to go on a war path to take back what was stolen from you. And it's amazing to us. Most of us have never known what it has been like to be truly whole. Yes. But with Christ, we can yeah. And so it's this this never ending um pursuit of it. Yeah. So when that starts to happen, that's the first tap, reclaiming your identity in Jesus. Then you get to participate in the mission of Jesus mm. and doing that for others. Yeah. But not only just doing it like an individual your relationship with Jesus so you help someone else have a relationship with Jesus, but transforming the world. Yeah. And and I love that the idea that we have two words, reclaim and bear. Yeah. The idea of bearing this torch, bearing this light, bearing this um, standard of Christ's justice and love into the community, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing some really cool things. I won't get too much into it, um, but I was, I was talking about what the torchbearers, the people who have finished a quip, are doing yeah. and how they're going out into the world. And I was talking to some ministry leaders, and a couple of them said to me, you know, but how are you going to control what they do? Oh, yeah. Like, well, like, get it. Like, but some of it's just honest. Like, yeah. how are you going to control and make sure and blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, well, I've, I, you know, how are you going to exert control? And I said, oh, I've already exerted a ton of control. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, in order to go through a quick, they've gone through the life journey. Which means if they've gone through the life journey, then we've been showing them who they are Jesus and empowering them to encounter Him and growing in that. Yeah. I said, they got to be a partner, which means they're committed to what we're doing and they're invested in it and, and, and they care. They're, they're, they're part of what we're doing. Yeah. Then they move on and they go through a quip and they're being trained to listen to the Holy Spirit and to live out of their giftings and all this. I said, I've been controlling it all the way through. <laughs> so, like, you know, at one point, you got to let them go. Yeah, and then what the Holy Spirit does, and I and I think that's the beauty of what we're doing with this vision, is like our torchbearers are going to tell us what it is, yeah, because the Holy Spirit's going to tell them, and then we then get to partner together with what God's doing, yeah. And I mean, you you have the oppor- each of us have the opportunity to be part of the mission that God has laid out for individuals and our community, and it's beautiful. I think as years go on, there's going to be things that we start to see God doing yeah. and gravitate towards um but it it's truly about the person it's truly yeah. about the individual fully understanding their identity in Jesus and taking that light into the world and making it a kinder more just more loving more beautiful uh more wondrous place yeah. that that man this is the vision here that every school would be more kind and loving and life affirming, because there's a student yes. who goes to Life Canton there. Yeah, you know that that boardrooms would do the better. I mean, you could just go yeah. on and on and on, because there's more impact that each individual listening to this can do. Yeah, than what I can do, even if I had a limitless budget and all the influence in the world.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I like some you you said set out to this idea of you know you're not knowing yourself until you know who you are in Jesus because that that was your true identity all along and you know working with students we talk a lot about like what voices are influencing students and just the 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 barrage of voices they have in their life telling them who you should be I think the power of this vision is we're not telling you who we think you should be or or who we think are supposed to be we're just telling you who you are yeah who, who who you were in the first place who you were supposed to be so I think when we talk about the future and like the staying power of this vision that's that's a staying power. because it's, it's not some conceived notion of who we think individuals should be it's we're we're just going to show you who jesus says you are he said you are from the beginning so i think i'm excited about too about the the power this vision will have because you know that comes with the holy spirit and Mm. all god's going to do so it's really good stuff yeah we're excited
1: (laughs) yeah we are this kind of connects to the advice you know I, i have a um a man who still influences me his name's terry wardle and he went through just an absolute nightmare of a breakdown of his identity, mm. and he um, was as successful as you could possibly be in the Christian world, right? And turned the lights off one night and plunged into severe uh, agoraphobia and a breakdown of his identity, like mm. in a mental hospital for six months. Yeah, and came out of that into this place of bringing healing to. to I mean, his his track record speaks for itself. He's kind of the person that if you ever. Have you ever met someone who, like, they just leak the Holy Spirit? you just like, that looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if you've ever... He's like that. And one of the things that he helped me understand and learn was that the goal of my life is to know Jesus. And, and learned a lot of spiritual disciplines and prayer that allowed me to remove all the distractions and the lies and the brokenness that get in the way of just dwelling with jesus and i can tell you today that i dwell with my father god in heaven and jesus and the holy spirit every single day yeah and there's just moments like i was like what are you praying about And i said i'm praying that i would know god and like be with him yeah and in that identity transformation something changes so i think i would say the greatest advice i ever got was you know walk in your inheritance yeah Walk in the inheritance that you can walk with God in the garden like Adam mm-hmm. and Eve again. That's your inheritance. Yeah. That's the true gift. Yeah. And it changes everything. Yeah. And that, and to what you were saying earlier, that's what heaven is. It's not
0: this golden palace. It's this walking with God in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> a return to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's probably awesome. going to be some, some golden palaces. I don't probably. I don't the, the beauty <laughs> of it. A seminary <laughs> professor once told me, Listen. The best you could ever imagine heaven will be, it'll be at least. That good. <laughs> that's good. So that, that's a good, that's a good argument. Yeah. Yeah. And people tell me, you know, are dogs and cats going to be in heaven? I'm like, well. You uh, want to, you want to answer this on a podcast? I I, well, here's, here's my answer. Heaven is a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. So that'll be spiritual in nature. But new earth, which is what God's going to do, is yeah. rebring bring us to this earth in perfection, just like Garden of Eden where he's going to live and be yeah. a root. I could definitely see that there would be, be, uh, be animals there. Will yeah. your cat and your dog be on new earth? I would say, <laughs> however good you think heaven will be. It'll be at least that good. Oh, such a <laughs> such a concrete, <laughs> definitive
0: answered the question question. No, no, I didn't answer that at all. But that's a good note to end on. Excitement and uh, Pastor Jason said your dogs going to heaven. Good I note. Not, <laughs> not necessarily not what I did not. or didn't say, uh, but uh, cats
1: are going to hell. <laughs> all right that's, that's out a, there now it's a personal that's, I, yeah <laughs> so john ended
0: on a dad joke and you ended on your opinion on cats so yeah it's good. good cats, cats are, are perfect. the worst yep. uh, thank you it has been a joy uh this has been one of the longer ones and i'm excited for oh, people I'm so sorry no i'm i i am excited Oh. Um, I think you are one of the people that is in the public eye and a lot in our church and sometimes gets misunderstood. <laughs> so for, for us to have a place where people can hear a little bit about you, yeah, a little bit about who you are and what you're excited about, what you're passionate about. I'm excited for people to hear that. So good, it is a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, but on that note, uh, we talked a lot about, uh, about a lot here. Uh, if there's anything that you are going through though, uh, whether because of something we talked about in this podcast or something you've heard on a Sunday or just something you're going through. Uh, two things for you. Uh, First, we we always talk about uh, prayer, the power of prayer, and uh, our desire for you to reach out and let us know how we can be praying and partner with you. Um, So please do that. You can do that on uh, our NOW page. We have a Connect card for you to reach out. Let us know. But also, uh, another thing is we, we have groups, communities of people here uh, who gather together uh, regularly to do life together and to communicate and to just share what's going on. So we have life groups all over the place. And and not only do we want you to be prayed for, but we want you to be connected to community. So if that's something you're interested in, let us know. Uh, We'd love to connect you with Al, uh, one of our pastors here to to get you plugged into a life group. Um, But we hope that you have a blessed week. We're excited for you to hear uh, another message on our 10-year vision this weekend. Uh, And we will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks.